Oh my goodness. Uh, thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Lockdown Podcast Network, free and available where you guys get your podcast. Oh my goodness. Uh, we avoided a meltdown in Maryland. Um, Malik Hall is now the governor of the state of Maryland. And uh, hey, you know what? We also talk a little bit of football at the end of this show. Oh my goodness. I am still sweating. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whenever you're listening to this, Spartan fans. If you were able to make it to another day and didn't suffer a heart attack on Tuesday night after Michigan State's win against Maryland, uh, oh, I, I I don't smoke, I do drink. Uh, so I, I could use a, a shot, a beer, and a cigarette right now. Uh, after that, two-point win on the road against the Terrapins after Michigan State and just had a Okay lead. Uh, 15 points in the second half that they saw dwindle down to zero points at the end of the game until Malik Hall came to the rescue. Thank you, Malik. Flowers are in the mail. Uh, before we keep talking about this game, though, I need to, you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. This is the Lockdown Spartans podcast, as you already know, and you might already know this as well. Email me at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns. Uh, we're going to get to a listener question here in the second half. Or second segment, rather, I should say. Sorry, my, my head is still spinning. But first, yeah, let's let's just break down that game right here, shall we? Um, okay, one more deep breath and I get... Okay, all right, we're back, baby. Um, Malik Hall, 16 points. Thank you for your service. And this has been a recurring theme, a recurring question throughout the season, which at this point we're getting pretty late into the season to be having this conversation, but I think, I think that we may have found an answer to who is the guy, the killer, when it gets late in the game and MSU absolutely positively needs a bucket. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, That seems to be Malik Hall because that was a grown man's layup that he had to ice the game and send MSU back to sunny East Lansing with a solid, solid win. I get it. Maryland's not that great. They're 500 on the year. Um, That was not probably the most mm, violent atmosphere, I guess. Or uh, Sorry, I'm using the word violent. I'm watching the Texas Tech game in the background right now. I guess most hostile atmosphere, I should say. Uh, But still... I'm about to say the cliche again. You never apologize for road wins in the Big Ten. Don't care how down of a year a team's having. Don't care how half full the stadium is. You come back home with a win. Uh, Yeah, we're celebrating that. And that is a mighty good win by Michigan State. This is a team that really gave MSU some problems early on in the game. Uh, Maryland's range. Uh, the way they spaced Michigan State out and were able to drive to the basket. It was like, uh, oh no, here we go again. Same thing as last year. But no, uh, there were three segments of this game where MSU won. Uh, the end of the game, for one, duh, that goes without saying. But when you are finding a bucket, when you have gone six minutes without a field goal, six minutes, which with the pace that the refs had that game on for the last... Uh, well, six minutes of game time. That might as well have been 50 minutes of real time without a single field goal. Malik Hall finds it like a senior leader and just mm, puts a team on his back, takes him to the Himalayas and says, guys, look at the view. We are on top of it right now because we are still uh, looking good in the Big Ten race and certainly wouldn't be if they were to drop 
that game. The second segment where MSU won this game. Their response after Maryland's 11-0 run to stop the bleeding in the second half. Now, of course, MSU had a, a, a string of follies to even get to that point in the first half where Maryland is banging out an 11-0 run. Horrible shot selections. Uh, A.J. Hogard tries to hit the popcorn vendor with an outlet pass from 40 feet away. Not good. They give Maryland and their fans energy when they had zero reason to have any. But you know what? Hey, we haven't talked about this guy yet today. Malik Hall found two buckets to stop the bleeding. Also, let's talk about another one of his benchmates. That's right, Jaden Akins. He was massive in the second half as well. And Robbie Hummel said it best. He just made winning plays. Like the two tip-outs for rebounds that turned into points, whether it be the Hall bucket or Tyson Walker getting to the free throw line after Tyson Walker keeps the possession, I'm sorry, after Jaden Akins keeps a possession alive with tipping the ball back out. Or, you know what, this was well after the 11-0 run from Maryland, but later on in the half when it was winning time, okay, Maryland, they, they just cut the game to three, and then here comes Jaden Akins, because no one told him that he's a true freshman, and he's on the road, and he really be shouldn't doing this when he's off the bench. Uh, he takes it like a big boy into the lane and gets points on the board via goaltending. So, yes, Akins, awesome, awesome work. The third segment of this game where Michigan State won. We're going to go back to the first half, and we're going to mention Mati Sissoko. Yeah, he had no points. He only had one block. He had one assist, but his performance at the end of half where he held his own was massive. Bingham gets his second foul of the half with 5.39 left. Marble got his second foul way earlier than that. Julius Marble was going for the Gavin Schilling belt and trying to foul out as fast as he possibly could today. Uh, I swear he was never on the court for more than 20 seconds without having the most obvious foul you've ever seen. Anyway, anyway, we're here to talk about Sissoko right now. You have 5.39 left in the half. The game is all tied up at 22. And it, it, it is Mati Island, baby. Sissoko holds his own and is a reason that Maryland goes the last 4 minutes and 50 seconds with no points. And on offense, you have a hodgepodge. You have A.J. Hogard dishing out two assists. He finds Hauser on a three-pointer. He fi finds Brown on a three-pointer. Tyson Walker had a layup. All of a sudden, okay, uh, you're on the road. Kind of a tough-ish, somewhat atmosphere, I guess, I suppose, if I'm going to be nice, because I'm in a good mood after that game. You're going up 10 at halftime, when really, you had no reason to go up 10 at halftime after your first two big men uh, kind of essentially foul out of the first half. We know how reluctant Izzo is to play guys with two fouls in the first half, but yeah, just an awesome, awesome end to the first half. And the first half, really, as a whole, was fine. Just three turnovers. You're 7 of 7 from the stripe. Uh, you weather, you know, some good Maryland storms early on in that half. But hoo-wee. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a roller coaster. That was scary. But uh, good teams find a way to win. Good. How many cliches can I use in this first segment? I think I'm up to at least six right now. But good teams find a way to win. And I don't know how confident you guys felt. If, if you're on the good old internet like me, Twitter.com, uh, that, that's usually a pretty good pulse of the fan base. No one seemed to have the utmost confidence, and very understandably so. I'll mention it again. 
6.09 is your last field goal, and then, uh-oh, my goodness gracious, as the clock is dwindling, not only are you not scoring, but you're seeing Maryland put up some points as well. So good job against Maryland's length. Good job against Maryland's knack for getting to the free throw line, which is what they've been doing all season. They average 20 trips per game to the line. That's how many times they got to the line today, 20 times, and they were doing a fantastic job of making their free throws. But... So was Michigan State. So, yeah, a lot of good to come from this game. However, some not so good, but it's not going to be all negative next segment. We had this listener question that I want to get to um, also on that side of the short little break here. But first, I need to talk to you beautiful people about Built Bar. That's right, guys. We're talking Built Bar. And if uh, you're like me, you got some New Year's resolutions that you're holding on to. You might be thanking Built Bar for that because they are just getting me through workouts. They're making sure I'm putting good stuff in my body. And best of all, they are delicious on the body. We're talking 100% real chocolate, guys. We're talking soft chewiness. We're talking flavorful taste. We're also talking most Built Bars having 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 whopping grams of protein. Holy smokes and even if you're not a huge fan of working out i mean lord knows i'm not but i still somehow managed to get on the exercise bike for uh, 30 minutes oh about uh, once a month it seems like but hey you know what when i'm not exercising still throwing down some built bar because they taste good they power me through my day these are long busy days over here especially if you're watching you know, games that are taking five years off your life at night you need to fuel up you also need to go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and that'll get you 15% off your order. One more time, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, before getting back into this game, just want to thank you for making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked on Podcast Network. Okay, so um, I, I, I'll, I'll hammer this into the ground before going any further. Super win, guys. Awesome win. Uh, I know the team's listening uh, on, on the bus ride back right now. That's why I'm talking to them. Great win, guys. You did it. Well done. Okay. Some things I want to point out that might be a little bit of concern. I think that we are now kind of in a spot where it's time to address the Gabe Brown elephant in the room. So to start the season, uh, Gabe Brown, completely nuclear to start the year. And, you know, yeah, there was going to be a little bit of a dip. But I think it's also been proven that he's a good enough shooter where he can sustain something pretty good all season. But now, uh, if you have noticed something different in the last six games, uh, well, it's be, it's because you have. It's been kind of ugly from behind the three-point arc from our guy Gabe Brown. Uh, eight for 32 in the last six games, to be precise. Yes, eight for 32 from behind the arc in the last six games for a smooth 25% from three-point land. This after tonight, he goes one from six from three-point land. So yeah, starting to uh, find concern there. However, I'm sorry, one for five tonight. One for five tonight, not one for six. There is something a little more concerning, and we touched on this last week, that I... I have to get to, and I know this has never been really part of his game necessarily. I think it would really benefit him, and more importantly, benefit the team, and really, more importantly, benefit uh, your health, my health, all the above. Start getting to the free throw line, you know? Start getting yourself on the line. 
in the last five games, would you like to fetch a guess how many free throws Gabe Brown has taken? That answer is four free throws. Four free throws total in the last five games. Gabe is not just a good free throw shooter. He's not just a great free throw shooter. He could put himself on pace to being the greatest free throw shooter in Michigan State program history. However, he just doesn't get to the line enough. He's, he's got a smooth stroke from the, the, the line. Uh, get there four times a game, six times a game. That would be great because not just are you going to add some simple points onto your box score, maybe give MSU a little bit of a cushy lead, but you're also seeing the ball fall into the hoop. Maybe some of this is psychological. It does, you know, Robbie Hummel, who I think does a fantastic job uh, calling Michigan State games, mentioned it during the broadcast, and once he mentioned it, like couldn't shake it because I think Gabe shot two or three more times after it. Very odd leaving his hand, though, lately, and I swear it wasn't like that. Yes, Gabe's always had that flat arc shot to the rim, but something just feels a tad off. But, yeah, uh, the thesis of this all is that, yeah, Gabe has been struggling from, from three-point land. Maybe get to the free throw line, and that can smooth some things out. Uh, two other things, and actually, it's a two for one because it's the same. It's just point guard play, but like you, you, you see it, I see it. And if you're wondering if I'm going to use my same line that I've used for every single game this year, yes, I will. You know it's coming next, and it started off as kind of a joke, but it's not a joke anymore. It's that AJ Hogard either has an A plus game or a D-minus game, we are still waiting for him to have just an average-looking game this season. Unfortunately, this was the D-minus game, but super fortunately, um, didn't matter. MSU still won, and hey, you know what? If you're going to use up one of these good games, uh, might as well do it last Saturday against Michigan, so I'm not going to rag on too hard for that. Tyson Walker is starting to give me a case of the uh uh-ohs. I'm perpetually baffled, I guess, fascinated maybe, by his shot selection. I swear he will pass up an open three and then promptly dribble into the lane against a guy that's six foot ten and take a heavily contested layup. Like, I, Chief, please, take the open shots. And when you're getting draped over a guy that is seemingly three times taller than you, maybe that's one that we kick out. I don't know, so... It was just that. It was leaving his guy, Fats Russell, wide, wide open at the end of the game for the game-time three-pointer. It was just not grabbing the ball as it was going out of bounds. MSU got away with one there, although gave it right back to Maryland on a makeup call. But, hey, I digress. I I don't know if it's a, a, like a confidence issue or what, but, oh, boy, it is a uh, quite the journey out there uh, as of late. That's the thing, it wasn't always like this. I mean, halfway through the season, as we were making the turn into January, it's like, oh my god, this guy is cooking, he's starting to understand it, he's great, system point guard, we are Gucci, baby. And now we're kind of not. Uh, so, what? hey, again, did it matter today? Um, no, uh, no it didn't, unless, you know, you watch the game in a sick manner and you've lost about three years off your life. Uh, yeah, so, no, that's, that is what it is. Just just two two things we had to point out from there. All right, quick listener question and quick bit of football news before we get into more football news next segment. Um, this is from Bill Patterson, writes in LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Help me with this question. Max Christie is the best MSU freshman since dot, dot, dot. Now I will. Uh, now he submitted this after, right after the Michigan game. 
Um, next, Chris, he was, he, he was fine tonight. I Probably on the Ron end of fine. Just seven points. Um, only turned the ball over once. Two assists. Anyway. Uh, the common player everyone goes to is Gary Harris for the comparison. And that is a dynamite comparison as far as position they play, how they play the position, how their perimeter defense is. But I, I think if we're going to go best freshman since blank, I I think the answer is Miles Bridges. No doubt. No doubt. Listen, Max Christie's sitting nice and comfortable on the season. He's averaging, what, 10-3? and three? Okay, solid. Uh, Miles Bridges was averaging 17-8 and eight in his freshman year, and that was a young pup team. Uh, MSU kind of had to claw their way into the tournament that season. And without Miles Bridges, I, I don't think they are nabbing one of those eight, nine seeds. I forgot exactly what they were at the top of my head, but I don't think they're nabbing one of those. And I don't think they're necessarily making the tournament without Miles Bridges in that 2017 season. Now, of course, there's that interesting debate of, well, Jaron Jackson was after him. Who would you rather have, Jaron Jackson or Max Christie? And I... You know what, that, that that could be a debate for, for another day, but if we're just going indecisively who is the better freshman, um, you scale back the years and Atlanta Miles Bridges hard stops there. But, yeah, again, Gary Harris, not a bad comparison to make. Uh, like I said, Max Christie, he's averaging a little over 10 points a game. Uh, Gary Harris, he was averaging 13 points a game at Michigan State. Uh, Max Christie on the year so far, 36% from behind the line. Gary Harris, his freshman year, he was at a smooth 41% from behind the line. So, yeah, Gary Harris may be a notch better, but there's still a lot of season left for Max Christie, and I think, yeah, there are complete, completely clear parallels between Christie and Harris. So, can't knock anyone uh, for just always thinking of Harris when they say Christie play. Uh, one more piece of news that we are switching sports. Folks, if you thought I was done butchering the name of a young linebacker for your Michigan State Spartans, you are dead wrong because Ma'a Naoteote Ote, I'm going to try that one more time, Ma'a Naoteote Ote, I'm sure one of those two were kind of close. He entered the transfer portal not too long ago. Uh, today, Rainer Saban of the Detroit Free Press has announced or reported that uh, Naoteote Ote, God, this is horrible. Well, hey, I'm going to keep butchering his name because his name is out of the transfer portal. He's taken his name out of the transfer portal. So, yes, uh, the, our, our take on it was that, you know what, finally this is the first guy where you're really, really bummed that he's leaving the program. Attrition happens, of course, if you get bottlenecked behind some linebackers. And MSU got some linebackers in the transfer portal that was going to hold Ma'a back. Um, don't know what happened, but quite frankly... Uh, don't care because it's good news for Michigan State that he's going to be coming back to East Lansing. And, uh, yeah, for now, continuing his career as a Spartan. So a little bit of news uh, to end the second segment there before getting into some more football on the other side of this short break. But first, I just have to talk to you. Find folks about betonline.net. Well, yeah, that's right. Got a little uh, name change there. You like that? So we're going to change the sun just, just a tad. BetOnline. Has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its, its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football either, gang. That's right. 
BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and, uh, yeah, real-time stats, uh, some live action from the games that you're watching. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, now let's get into a little bit of football action. Now, this is news that you probably already know if you've kept it tuned into uh, the the internet, if you will, or uh, just talking with other state fans. But, hey, you know, never too late to get into it a little bit deeper. Uh, Of course, we are talking about another big transfer, uh, Daniel Barker out of Illinois, tight end, and the addition of a defensive line coach in Marco Coleman. That's right. So let's, uh, let's kick things off with the player here. Yes, for the second day in a row, on Sunday, the Atlanta Jarek Broussard, and on Monday, Daniel Barker out of Illinois commits to the Michigan State Spartans. Uh, oddly enough, Illinois, like for as rough of a program as they are, pretty good tight ends <laughs> coming out of there. Um, Daniel Barker, he set the tight end touchdown receptions record at Illinois with 11. And after last season, after four years in Champaign, he was contemplating the NFL draft. But then a few weeks ago said, mm, psych, I'm actually going to return to college, but not Illinois. I'm going to dip myself into the transfer portal. And uh, Luke Ford, the other tight end at Illinois, uh, also returned that he's coming back as well. And Daniel Barker on to greener pastures uh, in East Lansing. That's where he made the announcement after uh, being one of the many high-profile visitors on campus over the weekend to check out that game. Of course, I'm talking about the 83-67 Michigan State basketball victory over the Wolverines, uh, in case you forgot. So this is exciting. Uh, It goes without saying, I think he was a pretty uh, high-profile commit. I'm sure he had a lot of schools after him. And uh, this isn't a common refrain, but of course, any time that we have guys transferring in, which is... A lot of times in the last few years under Mel Tucker. The conversation goes to, well, who's already in the room? Understandably so, because right now, as Michigan State was going to set into the next season without uh, Daniel Barker, they're going to have Tyler Hunt back, who's been here for seemingly 15 years, and then Malik Carr, who was really coming into his own at the end of last season, was getting a lot of more run in the offense. And sure, I guess like Michigan State would have been okay. A tight end. Uh, maybe you want to see them take that position or that that transfer spot to another position. Well, I just here's the thing now, and it's becoming more clear and clear as transfers get added into the program, uh, whether it be this season, last season, and it's not going to change in the upcoming season. I don't think either. Is that if you're okay at a position and there's an upgrade there, go get them. It's like drafting the next best player available. Like You're not really going for a position necessarily if there's a guy that's an instant upgrade at a pretty important position there. And to put it bluntly, I, I don't feel like I'm in the position to comment about how much MSU does not need a tight end after watching the last, oh, six or seven years of Michigan State football uh, going back to the Josiah Price era. So yeah, I'll take any tight end help that we can get in East Lansing. So yes, with Tyler Hunt and Malik Carr, MSU was going to be fine, but now this makes Michigan State more than fine. This is what the big boy programs do. They're always trying to upgrade no matter the position, no matter who the player, no matter what the room already looks like. So why is this a good thing? Well, first of all, it's depth, you know, that never hurts, of course. And also Barker as a player, 
Uh, yes, he is a great target with that six foot four frame. I'm going to whisper this next part, but yeah, the guy that caught the touchdown in Illinois' comeback a few years ago. Uh, he is a good target to have out there, but not only that, he is lauded for his downfield run blocking as well. And uh, there's no better case study to how much Michigan State emphasizes and cherishes downfield run blocking than, well, last season, whether it be you know, their tight ends or their receivers or line. Yeah. So if, if you could block, you get the rock. Um, it's one of those old football cliches, but hey, Michigan State really embraces that. And with Daniel Barker coming in to trying to up his draft stock for one more year before getting into the league, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give this portal pickup a big thumbs up. So another thumbs up, Marco Coleman. Yes, your defensive line coach. Uh, the door was open after Ron Burton left Michigan State not too long ago for another uh, additional coach. And they are plugging in Marco Coleman into that spot right there. So who on earth is this Marco Coleman fella? Well, uh, Michigan State snatched him from Georgia Tech, where, uh, ironically enough, he, he's a Hall of Fame member in the Yellow Jackets athletic department. So a nice, real nice uh, sales job there by Mel Tucker to get him out of his alma mater to come up and essentially do the same thing up here. Uh, he is going into his fifth year of coaching, but after a 14-year NFL career, 14-year NFL career, I'll say it one more time because that's how impressive that is. 14-year NFL career. Uh, that is outstanding. Uh, you probably already know the stat by now, but it's something like, what, the average NFL career lasts about 3.1 years or 2.7. It ain't 14. I'll tell you that much. So this man knows a little bit about playing defense in football. Uh, he's got Georgia roots, of course. He went to Georgia Tech, just coached a little at Georgia Tech. And you know by now, or you should know by now, how much of an impact Mel Tucker wants to have in Georgia when it comes to recruiting. Just look at last year's class. The 2022 class has seven Georgia enrollees. They had 22 kids in that class. Almost a third of that class is kids from Georgia. So yes, you add another guy from Georgia that's got probably some roots down there. Uh, yeah, cool. I, I'm, I'm all aboard. And not only that, but you're pairing him up with pass rush specialist Brandon Jordan. Um, and we've talked about Brandon Jordan, uh, you know, when he was hired a few weeks ago. Dynamite hire. Uh, he works with guys from uh, Von Miller, Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, uh, dozens more. And, uh, you know, high-end college players, high-end high school recruits. So you pair Brandon Jordan, this young guy, this this wizard of, of pass rush, and then you put him next to Marco Coleman, who is a 14-year, I don't know if you heard me before, a 14-year NFL vet. That's a pretty strong duo to have, I would say, in your coaching staff. You got a guy that's already coaching NFL players right now. You know, private. Uh, now he's going to be doing it on the side. But yeah, he's coaching guys that are, well, going to be playing in the Super Bowl next Sunday. And now you have a guy as well that just, man, knows himself some ball. So yeah, nice little addition there and a solid replacement for Ron Burton. One more football note really quick is that uh, Connor Hayward, Jalen Naylor and uh, no duh, Kenneth Walker are going to be going to the NFL scouting combine. So yes, uh, yeah, you will have guys way more than that doing work with MSU's pro day, but the combine invite is a little more exclusive. So congrats to those three guys for uh, punching their ticket to Indy. I, I believe they still do it in Indy. So yeah, that's uh, that's big time. 
hoping, obviously, for the best for all these guys. And, uh, yeah, keep, Connor Hayward, go keep on proving me wrong, man. Jesus, I look like a jackass with what I used to say about you. But, hey, always thrilled to be wrong uh, when it ends up benefiting MSU. So, hey, go on with your bad self. Mr. Hayward, uh, Kenneth Walker, we already know you're going to do great things down there. And Jalen Naylor, go, go smoke, everyone. Let's go, baby. Let's go. All right, guys. We will be back on tomorrow's show. Uh, who's to say? Uh, maybe I'll do my top 10 snow shoveling tips uh, as I'm going to be, well, with the rest of Metro Detroit. Getting ourselves out of, what, 46 inches of snow they're calling for or whatever it is? I don't know. Um, regardless, we will be back tomorrow. Uh, stay tuned. Later on this week for Friday's show, we will have friend of the program, Justin Thind of 24-7 Sports, to just talk about... Yeah, the transfer portal, recruiting, uh, touch a little bit about on the junior day Michigan State just had. So we got you covered the rest of the week, guys. We always do. And oh, yeah, that's right. A little basketball game on Saturday we could preview as well. Well, guys and gals, sorry I always say guys. This is my, my go-to term. Um, apologize if I offend anyone with that. Um, thank you so much for making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day. Now go make your second listen Locked on Bets. That's right, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. That's Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, free and available on all platforms. All right, gang. Love you all. Go Green!